one of the guys who was, he was hanging outside the door. There was blood dripping all over the handle. The other guy, you know, I guess he thought he'd be safe underneath the car. So he curled up into a little ball behind the tire. When the coroner pulled him out, he had to break his fingers to be able to get him off the axle. Oh, that's kind of sweet, though. Yeah. Uh, whoever did it must have been really strong because their heads were cut off so cleanly that none of the tubes, the veins, the arteries, the windpipe, they weren't crushed at all. They were wide open. Uh, speaking of air, can I crack a fucking window? Eddie used up all the goddamn oxygen. Next story, Eddie. <laughs> what makes people kill like that? Probably some 40-year-old gay guy that just came out of the closet. I'll be jealous of all the nice hot guys like us walking around shit. I mean, think about it. Wouldn't you want to kill us? <laughs> no, nah. we're fucking fabulous. No. It's gotta be about his mother. It always is. Okay, the real motive doesn't matter, because we're never gonna find out what it is anyway. Because if there's one thing I'm sure of, it's that guy got on a train and took it back to Louisiana or Oklahoma or whatever backwater <laughs> swamp his ass was spawned in, and he didn't stick around. What's going on, everyone? I'm he and I'm Jay, and you're listening to Host of Horrors, show where we discuss and review horror films based off of predetermined themes of the month. Jay. Once again, more gay shit coming to you from Host of Horrors. Woo! This time, we're going to talk about some stereotypical gay shit. And <laughs> on top of that, murder. You ready to talk about murders? I'm ready to talk about how much I actually loved this movie. Oh, God. Okay. I really <laughs> loved it. I thought it was great. Okay, 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 okay. So, in this case, we are talking about 2004's Hellbent. Directed by a certain Paul Etheridge, which was also written by Paul Etheridge. Yeah. Who Paul Etheridge is, I have no idea. No Because clue. we don't do research on this podcast. At all. But. He's done two movies. He's done Angel of Death and Buried Alive. And this one, and Hellbent. So three movies. Three movies across how long? I don't know. Angel of Death is 2009. Okay. Buried Alive is 2008. So his last movie was in 2009, back when we were 14 years old. Which is a shame, because he actually showed some promise as far as like pacing and suspense in this movie. So, let's talk about it. Let's talk about this no-budget-ass-looking-ass movie <laughs> <laughs> that actually has some charm to it. This Hellbent. movie straight up looks like it came from the 80s. Alright, so basically, one thing that caught Heath's eye and my eye is the fact that this movie basically replicated and almost spoofed like 2000, like not even 2000s, like 1980s slasher films. Yeah. Because this is known as the gay slasher. Yeah. Hellbent is known as the gay slasher, and seeing it, I know why. Yeah. It is basically, I don't know, how long is this movie? Was it like, uh It's only 85 minutes long. 85 minutes of so it's less than an hour and a half. Gay slasher realness. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, it is I, very stereotypical slasher. It, it does feel like a lot of slasher movies that have come out before. Um, 
but I don't think that's to a de- uh, detriment. It's stereotypically I, gay as fuck, too. It is very stereotypically gay. However, <laughs> however, I did find some charm in that, me personally. Uh, I don't know if you were offended by it. No, 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 no. I was. It's not that I was offended by it. The only thing I'd be offended by it, by the distinct lack of black folks there, but there's also 2004. Yeah. And 2004, any gay movie, not really... Is gonna feature black people unless a black person made it, a black queer created or has in above the line related things of that type. Yeah, Otherwise, I mean, it's all gonna be like white gays. They were in the background. There, there were quite a few uh, uh, black characters speaking in the roles. background. Speaking, speaking roles, roles. There were no speaking roles. The villain, however, was black. Are you dead ass? Yeah. The villain didn't... was black. Yeah. I just thought he was like tan. I just assume most villains that in slasher films are are white. I was about to say, dude, that is a dark <laughs> ass tan. Oh, That's a chocolate tan. I, <laughs> not even gonna lie, that just kind of unlocked a whole nother thing for me that I'm gonna talk about later. <laughs> but all right, so the premise of Hellbent is that you got these uh one two three four was it four like it was, five? It was four friends uh four, four gays and and, four and, and Jake queens. comes in. Jake comes in. So technically five in our our little a little 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 pussy posse. I do like the group dynamic though. They honestly seem like friends, and it it really genuinely feels like that. Uh, even though you know it's a slasher movie, even though you know it's a horror film, it starts just by their uh, camaraderie and 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 their friendship. Mm. It feels. Almost like a ragtag group from like a, a buddy comedy, like a, a motley like, crew, well, yeah, as they well, say. Well, no, it, it feels like a, uh, like American Pie, uh, a House Party, um, uh, Super Bad. Your your group of friends that all have their distinct personalities that bounce off of each other so fucking well. Yeah, like the the writing in this as stereotypically gay for what it was, and how outdated some of the terms are. It had a good bit of charm to it that I can't even like fake and be like, oh, this sucks. I'm like, it, there were a lot of good promising, promises about this film. And you can tell that this is during a time where gay content was not really sought after. Well, I mean, and did you know anything about this? I didn't know anything about this, but of course... I feel like this is a movie that most people only know about if you're like a hardcore horror gay. Well, and there's there's a there's just like a whole thing for horror gays. Yeah, but here's my thing though. This is one of the few films, not just horror films, but films other than like Moonlight that is just upfront gay. Like it's not like you got a gay side character or there's one main character who's gay, but the rest of the movie isn't like gay focused. This movie is unapologetically queer, and, and I love that. Not even gonna lie, it it is unapologetically like it explores and talks about gay culture in a way where everything feels normalized. Even the two thousand, the early two thousand sentiment of like, there's still you know a lot of people who are anti-gay or are gonna look at you and be like. Oh, you're queer, you're gay mm. in the workplace. As our main character Jake, is his name is Jake? No, the main character is Eddie. 
His main character, Eddie. Jake is his love interest. Yeah, okay. Um, Eddie is a he a works cop? No, uh, he no, no, works he, as that th- at the police department. He works at the police station, but he's not a cop. He fa- he failed his physical exam. He failed his physical because he lost his eye. <laughs> that okay, Which I can relate to because it's the exact same eye I have no vision in. Oh, wow, that is relatable. It is very so, relatable. So at least you still have your eye. He I has, still have he, mine. He has a glass yes. eye. He has a glass one. So. <laughs> Speaking of characters, let's talk about the characters. So yes. we have Eddie, we have Chaz, we have Joe, and then we have Toby. Of course, four very like twink like muscle bot muscle bot type like people that of course you're gonna see in freaking early two thousands fucking uh, L A. Well, which I assume it takes place in L A. Because of the uh, app area. I don't know. It feels it, t- it feels like it could take place anywhere because they never specifically address where they are. No, but it does feel like it mm. could take place anywhere. So I do like that aspect. Um, and I again going back to it's stereotypical for movies to do this, but each character, each group of friend has has, a, has their thing. Has like, an archetype. Like Joey is the twink. Um, Joey is the nerd. He's the nerd gay. Yes. Then you got uh, Chaz is the possibly bi. bisexual whore who kind of plays in they they play into that bisexual trope that they fuck anything that moves. Yeah. Which kind of sucks as a bisexual, well, but you know it, it, it's, it's whatever. It's two thousand four. It's also just his character type. Like it's, think, yeah, think, it's a character type. Think a uh, uh, Stifler from American Pie, mm. just bi. Um, <laughs> you I mean, have, honestly, and then you got uh, Toby, Toby, who is your muscular, the like, muscular supermodel. The he's a he's the most one that you think is superficial. Yeah, and then you have Eddie, which is you can kind of say the the straight lace gay. Like, like he's, he's just gay. Yeah, he he's like the normal gay. <laughs> yeah, he's reg, he's a regular person who just happens to suck dick. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so. Basically, it focuses on him. And Eddie's character in particular is so interesting because for an archetype, they layer these characters kind of well. Yeah. Kind of well. Like with Eddie, of course, he has one eye. He's playing. He works in the uh, at the cop's apartment, at the police department, because his father used to be a cop. Um, it's he, hinted at that he possibly died in the line of duty because mm-hmm. uh, Eddie keeps like a keepsake, like a, his, his father's photo, old uniform, and things like that, uh, gun and everything too. All of that, and it's just you can tell that he kind of plays the the almost like the den mother. He kind of <laughs> plays a motherly type because he sees that this first he sees that his uh, people are getting killed, like. He saw we saw in the first literal scene of the movie before it goes into this uh, early two thousands ass uh, credit sequence that looks like you can't download a car with, <laughs> with amazing rock music. And when I say amazing rock music, I mean it's so stereotypical rock metal, like early two thousands like, rock metal, not just metal. I wouldn't even consider it new metal. It was just like this is what people who don't listen to metal think metal sound like <laughs> but it gets better there's gay lyrics the very uh, i uh, laughed <laughs> so fucking hard <laughs> so oh uh, 
another Spank thing me, wake me the another <laughs> thing that adds into the uh, like the unapologetically queer like specifically gayness of this film because this is like basically like men on men kind of type shit that is going on here no girl on girl and i'm gonna talk about the all this more stuff later but there was like literal like some limp biscuit ass type like shit that was talking about like (laughs) What would it literally like wank me spank you? It's like yeah, when it I take wanky. it up the butt, like some yeah, wank me spank me. I get off when you take it up the butt or some shit like, like that. Like some shit that you <laughs> normally would be like, okay, they're making obviously making fun of gays, but like this is a very gay ass film. So I was like, oh, they're not making fun of it, maybe. But it's like this is like some explicitly gay shit that you don't really hear in music. So I was like, okay, I, I get it, but it also sounds like they're spoofing. Like the whole like rock metal feel- like uh, sequence in any kind of teen me- yeah. movie of like think, that time. Think um um what is that movie called? Uh, Euro Trip. Euro Trip. The song Scotty doesn't know. Mm-hmm. It's li- the, whatever that dude was singing. I think it was like uh, Porno di Grono or something porno like that. I was I, I thought I heard porno di giorno. Porno di giorno. Or like that's not what de, it's not delivery. It's gay. Uh, <laughs> it's not delivery. It's a homosexual. <laughs> but yeah, porno <laughs> di giorno was the Scotty doesn't know of this film. Oh my god! I am here for this. I loved this movie. <laughs> so there, there, and so basically, you have all of the archetypes, and you can tell kind of what they are based off their uniforms. So Chaz is the. He's a Latino. He's a Latina uh, person. Mm-hmm. And obviously he kind of does the cowboy shit. Like, yeah, he's got the cowboy. He got the cowboy hat. And like, he's the most like sexually forward. Like you, Eddie Lilly walks into him after he sees his love interest in a tattoo shop. After he got tasked with, um, with passing out flyers about the murders that happened the night before. So that's kind of stupid. I'm not going to lie. That, that, that was, was kind of stupid. That, that was just... I feel like that was a way just to get Eddie to set up with Jake. I it, That, and I think on top of that, just a way to establish Jake's just like, oh, he works th- he, where he works. Yeah. Like, that, that was his work. And then Eddie's costume is the police uniform, his dad's uniform. And uh, that's, I was like, that's kind of a cute thing. Toby um, is going in drag, which honestly... He, they explore look good, look like good as drag, drag. Not gonna lie, and possibly like trans identity in a way that I was like, huh? Well, not necessarily like explicitly trans, yeah. But they kind of go into drag. I feel equals like trans kind of kind of deal, and I think that's kind of cool. But <laughs> I feel like they did what they could in two thousand four. They like they pushed they, the envelope pretty fucking far. When you uh, think if this was out in two thousand four, I wouldn't say they pushed the envelope that far. Th- you're thinking but, you're thinking twenty twenty two. Imagine you like the, the age you are now in mm. two thousand four, watching this movie, and I I just I'm going off of when the other than Moonlight, what's another just boom in your face? This is queer. Not really much. And this came out in 2004. And then Brokeback so, Mountain came out in 2005. Yeah. Oh, I forget. I always forget uh, about Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> so, well, I mean, cowboy gays, they're nothing new. They're Gay nothing cowboys new. are like a real thing. Like Nothing new. Nothing new at all. Power of the Dog didn't surprise me. <laughs> but still, gay cowboys. <laughs> Honestly, nothing new. And it works. 
Oh, and um, back to back to the costumes. And then um, uh, to- Joey. Joey. Joey was a- he essentially was... a slave. Uh, he was. He, a sub. he was a sub. He was a sub to a dom. And I think he kind of doubt. It kind of plays into the personalities yes, a lot. A hundred percent. And Toby's was the fun one I found the funniest because it's like he's the most shy. He's a shy guy, shy nerd guy, geek guy, and he's wearing basically like stuff that shows off the skin the most. Yes, out of everybody there. And when it comes, I want to go back. To, I, I want to go back to Toby because Toby was pretty. He actually was. Toby was pretty and. The way that they just normal, like they just like, but that's normal. Like they gave him the uh, the whole gaze and everything, and I was here for it. I and do like the straight guy checking Toby out and then getting embarrassed when he found out that he was checking out Toby. <laughs> I was like, that. Su-. I was like, oh, I was like, that that kind of sucked. But it kind of sucks, but it it's realistic. Sucks. It is. It's very realistic, but I, I don't know. I like that. I thought that was good because all his friends were like joking on him and everything, and you could just see the disappointment on his face, and I was like, yep, I can see that happening. And with Toby, the more as the show goes, the more you can tell that there's like a little bit of insecurity yeah. with his, uh, with his, like, I guess, personality with his demeanor because... Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going in drag. Uh, and so what about it? Like, confidence out the ass. I'm, like, actually very pretty in doing drag. Yeah, and he, he starts out with confidence. Like, and then buttloads of confidence. The more that the, yeah, the more that the show goes on, the more rejection, outright rejection that he faces. And I think it's, it kind of goes into, like, this weird, weird thing about, like, gays, that aren't looking for films, they're looking for more like masculine gays. I don't know. It I, I just don't I just know that like they were playing on some like, oh, he looks like a woman, therefore I don't want him kind of type shit. Which kind of it kinda sucks now, but back then it was like, oh, they talked about that. And then they had the scene with the older queen because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I hope someone can look and you know, love me for what's in here and not what's um in uh down below. And she's like, see, speak it, sister. I was like, that's that. Yeah, because he de- he gets so essentially like Eddie finds someone. Chaz, of course, being the horn dog that he is, finds someone. Mm-hmm. And even little Joey gets his his. Joey dog. was the first one who got something. Like the oh, first one who explicitly was like, "Hey." I'm going for a specific kind of person. Yeah, the only one that outright got rejected was Toby, and you can see the 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 heartbreak and the desperation and the desperation getting more and more mm-hmm. up to his eventual demise. And it, it does. I I found that weird until you said something about it. But he essentially like even the killer is rejecting him. Doesn't want him whatsoever until he removes the drag uh, get up and reveals that he is in fact a hundred percent dude, and and I'm like that means I feel like that means like he was passing well, and because I I didn't mm. I personally as a straight man didn't get that but like after you said something I I kind of get it a little more I still I still don't fully understand it obviously but you know. I, I just I thought that was a little weird that the killer is specifically targeting, targeting gay, gay people, man. but if you're dressed in drag, you could get away. I thought that was odd. But 
you know, they I, got, I guess that, that was the that was something that I was like, huh? Can we can we talk about the killer for a minute and like the this, kill scenes? Baby, this uh little <laughs> like daddy hunk, like it kind of put it on like he was a dad, like daddy hunk, muscular as fuck, still like the same like this much around <laughs> as the others were, and <laughs> those kills were. The way that this film was shot, this film looks like it was shot on a mini DV, but it played extremely well. Like they used their limitations to their advantage. Yeah, and I think the the low quality of the filmmaking, like the actual the camera work, mm-hmm. works in its uh, benefit when it comes to like the low budget cost of the the gore effects. Because if you think about it, like in good HD quality, if if they had good HD quality in this film, you could easily tell, and you still can easily tell that they're dummies. But you kind of look past it when it you're looking through it through like a I don't know a, a an older, aquarium lens you're like an older TV and it, honestly, it looks like you're watching a TV through an aquarium and I kind of feel like that was the point because mm-hmm. of the homage to the 1980s like ninth like early 90s like slasher films that were obviously low budget but they made the best of the low budget this kind of pays homage to that in the camera work the way that the gore effects were shown the the, the way that all of the blood effects were done all of the kills were done it pretty much was shown as an homage to the that era oh yeah and, and the, yeah. the director did a fantastic job like i actually want to check out some of his other films just to see if he kept this trend going because i honestly think he did a fantastic job building up suspense there were so many moments where like i actually was at the edge of my seat just just watching like the the very first scene where the four of them get out of the vehicle and they're walking towards the con uh, this okay and he's just standing like so just standing there yeah, okay, so they all separate to take a leak before they get to the carnival where all they can do is use, like, porta-potties and shit. Um, so, understandable. Been there. State fairs. Um, <laughs> so, and he's just, like, they notice someone in the bushes. Or Eddie notices someone in the bushes. And so they all, like, gather together and, like, who the fuck is that? And this dude just pops out of, like, pops out from behind a tree. And all you see is this shadowy figure and he's wearing like this devil mask with horns, but he literally looks like a demon, like a shadowy demon. And you just sit there. You just sit there. He doesn't do anything. He just fucking stands there. Our main characters, they do shit. They talk shit. They flirt. They, you know, show off their ass and, and things like that. He just stands there. And it's the most ominous 30 seconds of my fucking life i swear to god this was actually quite nerve-wracking and there's a few uh, scenes like that where um joey's death Mm. joey's in the bathroom and he's left alone well Uh. you you clearly hear someone Uh. enter the bathroom and he hears someone enter the bathroom so he looks around no one's there he starts checking all the stalls no one's there he finally gets to the final stall, goes to open it, boom, jock guy, uh, jock guy comes in, actually is flirting with Joey. And Joey's like, oh, thank God. They kiss. They exchange numbers. They even do like a little, like a, a little, um, 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 uh, 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 where they're, where they're going to go on a date. I don't know what to fucking call it. They're going to go on a they, date. The they basically, 
ask themselves out in a in a day on the most like you know the gay way yeah where they're like oh i can do this but like i could be hanging out with you instead yeah but like this that scene so like, <laughs> like you have all this attention build up and then the jock comes in and that lasts for a good minute or two mm. so you forget all about the tension and joey finally gets his kiss joey finally gets the number that he wanted finally gets the guy that he wants and then boom the fucking stall door opens up and there's your killer I hated it because he was the one Loki I was rooting for the most yeah, to be you, like close to at least close to the second to last kill, uh, you, to be killed. No, but he was obviously going to be the first. Obviously. Because they set it up at they set it up early that he was going to be the first one to get killed. But the, and uh, I loved that payoff, that setup, that distraction, that diversion. And then the payoff was fucking phenomenal and there's quite a few things like that Mm -hmm. like towards the end of the film where jake and eddie are finally getting together and there's this huge build-up and tension between eddie and jake and it's weird it kind of comes out of nowhere because at first they seem like they're all down for each other all down for each other and then they get uh, eddie brings jake back to his his home and they start hooking up however jake seems reluctant Jake seems a little weird. Seems like, you know, he doesn't want to be doing this. Maybe he was a whole MacGuffin. Yeah. Like, they MacGuffin the fuck. Yeah, because you're sitting, like, he doesn't even want to, he, like, Eddie tries to kiss Jake so many times, and he's just like, no, don't do that. What are you doing? I don't want to do that. And he's aggressive with it. So, like, me and Jay both are sitting there like, oh, my God, there's two killers. There's partners. There's two Mm. of them. Holy fucking shit. And you follow this the entire time. Like, he is looking ominous. He even fucking handcuffs Eddie to the bed and leaves him there smoking a cigarette. And you're like... Baby, that wasn't a cigarette. That was a whole ass joint. No, no, no. He smoked a joint before Uh, with Eddie. When he was leaving, it was a cigarette. Okay. He's a chain smoker. Uh, But anyway, which I did like the joint scene. That was kind of cute. That was... That was was Oh, my God. But anyway, so... Besides the cuteness, because you get all the cuteness, and then all of a sudden, just it's like a fucking 360 of Jake's attitude, where he's just like, "No, fuck you. I, I, this is weird. I'm I, this, you know, I'm gonna be aggressive. I don't want to kiss you, Gur." I mean, he is all he could have could have been also one hell of a dom, considering that. <laughs> oh, he was aggressive <laughs> the, as like, fuck. The, it's considering that fact that like they talk about him kind of being a bad boy and going to the leather bars when they first go up to the well, yeah to the carnival up to that club so and it doesn't that, surprise that does the stereotype me. where like the nice guy always goes after the the good guy yeah or, and or it, the bad boy and it nice girl goes after the bad boy that kind of shit in the slightest but so does not yeah so you're sitting there thinking oh god there's two fucking killers nope the killer comes out of fucking nowhere to stab him after a brilliant setup. Like he, you follow Jake to the bathroom and shit, and you th- and the camera does this cool thing where like it focuses on a. Let's say like you're in the bathroom and you have the shower curtain pulled like over your line of sight, but you can still see someone right there. The camera does that, so you're like, oh shit, there's someone in the fucking shower. Jake, watch out, no one's there. He goes to walk away, he hears a loud noise, and he goes to figure out where that noise is. The camera is sitting <laughs> low, down low in a bedroom where you see Jake walk into frame outside the bedroom. So you're like, oh, fuck, there's the killer. He's right there. Nope. nope. It was just a window. So he goes, whatever, fuck the window. Boom, killer's right there. 
out of fucking nowhere. You know what? This film, that scene was done the way that Spiral wanted it to be. This? Spiral <laughs> wishes it was this movie. Spiral wishes it could be the gay movie this is. Oh my god. The gay horror movie, I'm sorry. Um, my, my final, my final just a brilliance of a scene was when after um after so jake gets stabbed um but he's not dead he actually shows up and saves uh eddie from dying because he's still handcuffed eddie gets unhandcuffed and a a fight kind of ensues so anyway Mm. he, he runs to the kitchen after losing sight of the killer to grab a knife and shit and while he's grabbing a knife, he's trying to be as quiet as possible. Well, he knocks over some like a like a silverware container or whatever. That hits the floor. It's really loud. He's like, "Oh shit!" And he starts looking out, and the camera again does this really cool thing where it looks like it's in the POV of the killer. And Eddie starts backing up towards this uh, pantry, and the camera switches from like the POV of the killer inside the pantry. And you're like, oh shit, fucking Eddie, watch out, man. And he keeps doing that. He keeps backing up, keeps backing up, keeps backing up. Then he opens the pantry. He goes to reach for the light. You're like, oh, fuck, Eddie, the killer's there. The fucking killer's there. Nope, heads roll. The the severed heads of his friends roll out, spooking him. He's scared shitless, and he's like, okay, all right, everything's fine. And at this point, the movie has trained you to go, okay, the killer's going to pop out of nowhere right about now. No. He was in the pantry, and he walks out slowly in this creepy little fucking just... God. I'm sorry. This What was his name? Paul Edgerton? Edridge, I think. Edridge? Yeah. Paul. Paul Paul Edridge, yeah. God. I want to check out your other movies, because you did a fucking fantastic job with... Set up and payoff. Set up tension and payoff. Set up diversion and payoff. You, you fucking killed it, man. man. I'm sorry. Rant over. So my favorite scene happens. There are a, actually quite a few that I thought I, I like. I did like the very first scene where <laughs> <laughs> they were in this tiny ass car trying to like you know have sex in a tiny ass car with these balloons it's and all a of that. Load of with a shit below the balloons for Halloween. And, you, and they're and like, as they're, as they're making out, you keep hearing squeak, 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 pop, squeak. And I'm like, now, not y'all trying to have a quickie in a, and with, in a small car in a little Corvette. And on top of that, with the freaking doggone uh, balloons popping. With, and, with it not working out and homeboy's just like, hang on, I have an idea. And he just Gets his body like halfway out the fucking window. Maybe like twists his ass towards him and was like, There you go. Have at baby, it. Maybe his uh <laughs> his acrobatics. Like he had to have one hell of a core for him to be like, Oh, I'm gonna get my ass ate outside. I'm gonna hang out the window, mom, I get my ass ate or while I'm getting my uh my everything just touched. I'm I just, just like, love he crawls out the window and then just inside the car you see his ass go and have at it buddy and he did what he had to do but unfortunately one of his heads had to go yeah one of his heads went and (laughs) along with the other one yeah the the other guy got go these were our first two victims and before even the uh, credits roll and just those credits were awesome 
It, it literally was like 13 we, ghost style credits, but better. we get it. You are a mid 2000s horror fan. I get it. Actually, I'm not. Mm. I hate most mid 2000 horror movies. You can't could have fooled me with the way you're acting right now. This movie was good. <laughs> All right. So my other favorite scene was Chaz's killing, which took place in like in the like the heat of the party so like you have scenes interspersed with the killer i guess we're gonna call the killer help what the name what was the name of this killer they never named them didn't i don't know i'll figure that out they never named them but Chaz was tripping on uh ecstasy, so he way. took a little bit too much x because he took two pills and wasn't drinking enough water ju- when you do your drinking- x drink enough water and he started uh tripping so he started seeing double. So and the killer was right there close by. So he was kind of like, yeah, like really feeling it. And and it also has scenes in the express with Toby drinking a lot and kind of like sitting down in his little, little depressive state. So like he was like Solomon is like okay, gonna start kind of going close to him and all of that. And meanwhile, you have you're in a club, so you have this strobe effect that's going on and you know with like scenes everybody's like all enjoying it you get scenes of the party going on and then you have the killer coming on he unsheaths his little sickle and just kind of start hacking at him the way that it, this made it look is that like he so started going at it. like what about the cat has like a whole gay hysteria moment where there's like about to be some mass murder maybe it's about to be some mass uh, mass gays dying mm. anyway Devil Mask. They, that's what they call him, Devil Mask? Devil Mask. Wow, that's very simple. Um, <laughs> So, basically, the way that this scene goes is that, like, you, as inspirers, Toby, killer, well, Toby, Devil Mask, Chaz, party, 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 Devil Mask, Chaz, Toby, party, party, Toby, party, party, and it goes on like that until you see get the reveal of blood coming down from the middle of Chaz's body is the camera goes down and then it keeps on partying as you go. And as uh, the party goes, they don't notice that the, the killing's happening. And then you are ended with a scene of his decapitated body just in the blood while the strobing is still going on. So you see bits and pieces of his uh, body just with blood just leaking out. Just leaking out. And I was like, I was so floored by the scene. Oh, and also, just before all of that happens, Toby leaves. So he doesn't witness any of that happening. So it was just like, that was a good payoff for me. And that that was what made it go like, okay, this is good. This is, this is, this. there's something about this. And then... The fact that the murders of his friend, of Eddie's friends, isn't even the... He's not even credited. And, oh. Poor devil mask. That sucks. And the fact that this, the killings don't even go into the third act. Like, the third act kind of starts whenever Toby, Toby, whenever Eddie and Jake hook up. Like, that whole third act starts right there. And it was just like, oh. It, it kept going and then that that th- third act 
was pretty brilliant. It's actually really good. That was, it was a really that was a really good third act. But I'm with you. It, it kind of threw me for a loop because I thought the movie was going to end after at the Eddie. killing. I well, thought I thought Eddie was well, good. when Eddie goes to find Jake after mm-hmm. he jumps the fence and everything and the killer's right there. I was like, okay, well there here's our third act, final battle. The final battle when they just go. And oh, oh, that is another favorite. The poster scene yes. where the sickle goes straight for Eddie's eye. But it's the glass eye. And the but it's the glass eye. So you think it's about to like start blooding, but no, it turns and creaks. Mm. And then he goes back and he's just like <gasps> And I I I I can't do I can't do gore like that. Like too heavy. So I was like, oh shit. So I was like about to prepare myself down. I was like, oh it didn't happen. And it's like, oh, glass eye. It's almost worse that it didn't happen though, because if it would have happened, I could sit there and go, Oh, that's fake. But when you sit there and see a blade on an eyeball, even if it's glass, and you see the blade twisting and turning, and you hear noises happening, you, it makes your eyes hurt. It may, it was a creak. you imagine that happening to you. It was. It, you heard a creak, mm. and that was a that scene. It was like that. That made it. That that made it. So, and on top of that, the third act when you go up a villain, like I love to see a gay person just go up against a villain and get that ass beat, and then also it had a payoff with the shot because, you know, because of the one eye thing. Yeah. You know, you, you well, can't really shoot, but he was able to shoot that motherfucker in the head. To be fair, he was being a dumbass. Okay, so he that lost, he, well, he lost sight in his right eye, yet he was still trying to shoot right-handed. Switch to your left hand, buddy. Like, just learn how to shoot with your left hand. That's how you can tell that he probably couldn't shoot at all but like because like i mean you noticed when he kept fucking up when like okay he was holding during the target practice thing mm -hmm. when during the target practice thing he was holding the gun with his right hand but he was leaning all the way over here to try and aim with his left eye no that it doesn't work that trust me i i'm from the south i have family that shoot guns and they encourage gun shooting and you have one eye i have one eye i have had to learn to shoot with left hand you have to do that. You can't you can't do this and expect to shoot straight. It doesn't work that way. But it also that also was a great like brilliant character arc moment though. Yeah. Because even though he was shooting badly and he was also kind of like, you know, only had one hand available. I he did he did manage to like, you know, that that arc was done. Him shoot, shooting a devil mask in the head was the end of that arc right there. Technically he missed the, his target. He oh no he got no, no he did shoot a Jake. no because remember Jake was sitting there screaming shoot me shoot me because he was and, on and the right wasn't yeah, he yeah because he was sitting uh-huh. yeah he was uh because he's holding him so yeah he was uh towards his if Eddie is looking at it, it was towards his left mm-hmm. so he would have nat- if he's shooting right handed aiming with his left eye he would have naturally verged that uh-huh. way so yeah Jake saved the day. And yeah, <laughs> he, he got, was like, "Aim for me, shoot me," and, and he, he got did shot. it and then missed and, and shot. Oh boy! Then he got shot. And but he's well, no, he no no he, he did. got shot before. You no, know, he does. That was the first time he got he, shot. Yeah, he got shot before, and then uh, Jake was like, "Holy fuck, you suck! I need to help you." <laughs> 
which was sweet. That was so a like sweet there, there's moment. a sweet moment at the end where like so Jake obviously is reluctant. We never get full explanations or full backstories, so it kind of is left to your imagination why Jake was reluctant, why Eddie acts the way he does, why Joey acts the way he does, shit like that. It, it you have to figure out what happened to these characters to make them the way they are, which I appreciate. I really do. But there's a sweet moment where after all this reluctant, reluctant, um, not wanting to kiss Eddie, like actually like touch lips with Eddie, down the fuck, but didn't want to touch lips with Eddie. That's after actually everything way more common ha- than you think. Yeah, but like after um, after everything, they finally have a passionate kiss. Not like a, like, you know, make out, but the, the passionately, romantically kiss. I appreciated that. You know, that's more common than you think. I did not know like, that. So basically, it's like whenever you, like a lot of people, I think, find kissing to be more romantic mm-hmm. than sexual. So like there'll be people who'll be like, they won't start like making out the kiss. They'll just start going to like going down or like playing with other parts of the body oh, rather than kissing on the lips for a hookup. Oh. But so that kind of gave a little bit more gravitas to that kiss. To me. And that was one thing I realized that I was totally expecting Chaz to die with a sex related death on top of somebody. But he ended up dying in the most, like, the most unconventional way to me, which was, like, not that at all. Yeah. So I thought that was also kind of, like, funny. Yeah. I mean, it would have harkened back to the 80s horror, but I feel like with this film, they weren't trying to do, like, they sex could've. things that way. They, I mean, they, they could they, they really could But there's no nudity in this film. Like, that, is, that is one thing that's interesting. There's plenty of man-ass. There is a good bit of man-ass. I mean, as a gay but there is film, no what nudity. you expect? <laughs> it's a gay film with a bunch of white gays and white adjacent gays in the 2000s. You're going to see some ass. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of pasty ass. Um... <laughs> But is the fact that they were able to not like to have like that intimacy, but never go full on like sex, but yet explore like the gay party scene and just that aspect of gay culture was actually kind of cool. And just seeing just how normal relatively it is. And then going into the reality of it all with whenever you see the cop friends kind of be like please don't turn this into a gay bashing or that that snappy back to reality it's like damn you're right you still got to deal with this even in the movies and then and well, that mean, there was, was even still some, yeah there was even some some prejudice because he does have a friend i i don't think we ever got her name but he has a friend who's kind of like a tomboy um like she is very like so who are you hooking up with tonight you know no, what are you like, doing tonight wink wink she was that kind of friend but it was adorable like she had she, little to no screen time yet i loved her as a character she kind of gave fag hag in a way where like she can see she can potentially come off as a fag hag but it also just kind of came off as like oh this is how straight friends tease their gay uh gay friends kind of back in the day i was like okay whatever well even nowadays i can see that like she she just seems like she's a tomboy Mm -hmm. but she's friends with eddie yeah just so happens to be gay and but like she understands yeah but the police chief like that kind of that that one comment set me off a little bit where he was like so 
did you know these two talking about the victims? Because, yeah. yeah, you know, the all gays know each other. The homosexuals. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, God damn it. But, yeah, that was the one. I don't know. For me personally, everything else I love. That was the one thing that just set me off a little bit. I was like, are, are you kidding me? But I get where they're coming from. Like, there was some shit like that. Even nowadays, there's some shit like that going on. This movie turned out to be ultimately way more clever than I thought. And even down to the last little frame where I was about to be like, I know they're not set up for, yeah, they just set up for a sequel. And on top of that, they set up for a potential corruption case too because of how they uh, were uh, talking about old boy. They're like, oh, he's as harmless as a carrot or he's as like oh, something yeah, with he got like shot, he got shot in the head. head but yeah he was still alive yeah and eddie was like whoa what the fuck what do you mean alive oh don't worry he's as harmless as a carrot basically stating like he's a vegetable he's in a comatose state mm. and this motherfucker's eyes pop open opens his mouth and it has eddie's glass eyeball in it cut to black done uh <laughs> credits i loved it where's my hellbent sequel I never knew I needed this until tonight. For, I want my Hellbent sequel. <laughs> it feels like for an intentionally done like B movie, like that gave to B movie style B movie things, and almost like a home video kind of feel too. Yeah, well, because it looks like it was shot on a mini DV. Well, it was a 2004 uh, film festival movie. Maybe if I can make it, if I can make it feature like that for just a film festival. Do you know how many films I would have made by now? Right? No, this this was fucking good. Final thoughts, what would you rate this movie? Um, Before I go into uh, rating, I just want to say that <coughs> this movie had... I really was not expecting to like this movie. I really wasn't. Because, like, of course it's, like, 2004, but aside from, like, the obvious homages to, like, the camp campiness of the slasher films, it was kind of, like... Out, like has some outdated terms, of course, in 2004. But of course, and of course, they had these characters that did play off of archetypes. But as the movie went on, and they kind of unraveled those archetypes a little bit, you get to see someone, you know, who's a nerd, like a little geek nerd kind of boy, get the jock of his dreams. You get like this whole slut of a person, kind of like see show some like. He had some like more like a lot of human moments where he actually cared. He cared for his friends. He cared for the people that he was around a lot. He had this like straight lazy guy. You kind of, I don't know that I don't know. There's any trauma, but like he kind of like gets his little bad boy, and tries and all of that. And then you kind of see the unraveling of someone who come off as like superficial and very like face value, but like hides a lot of insecurities underneath. And I just really, I, I, I found those to be very charming and very well-rounded characters for an ar- movie ab- that's an ensemble cast with archetypes, which turn into, you know, all, who's the obvious main character. But, you know, besides the point, I enjoyed the movie way more than I thought, and I can see where the hype around this little known film came from. I can see where this can be a cult classic because despite it all, it still is a decent, like really like a exploration of like 
unexplainably, unexplicably queer horror in a way where it's like, yeah, you can, this is like the gay, like the fact that they're gay kind of, and they're queer kind of add, it, it, it adds on to the whole film instead of just being like, oh, you can just play some straight people and be fine, you know? Yeah. Like, where being queer is, like, not only, like, the personality type. It's not a personality type, but it's, like, if they were not queer, this film would have been... This film would not been done the same way. Well... Maybe with maybe with Chaz, but that's still pushing it. No. Honestly, like, okay, just make them straight. And, like, everyone they go after, uh, females instead of males. This is, like, any... This is, like, every other comedy. Take the horror element out. It's a a horror comedy. Here's the thing. If this was straight, I would be bored because I've seen so many movies Mm -hmm. like this. It's because it's unabashedly, unapologetic, prideful as all hell gay movie Mm -hmm. that makes it feel so unique. And I was thinking that it was going to be like, okay, whatever. But it augmented the movie for me. And... The whole like low budget feel of it worked well to its its advantage and almost I if this was like a bigger budget movie probably would have been made wouldn't have been made I, or probably would have been made in the same way at all. Well, for one, Hollywood never would have picked it up. For two, if it had a big budget, I I think they would have. Uh, I think Hollywood produces creativity comes through limitation. Once you have limits put on yourself, once you have uh, you know a, a a bar and you cannot go past that bar, that's when creativity comes out. And I honestly feel like if they wouldn't have had that bar, if they would have had a bigger budget, then they probably would have blown this movie. This movie is perfect the way it is. I wouldn't say it's a perfect film, <clears throat> but it is perfect for what it is. And with that, um, now that I'm thinking about it, my rating is going to be a four. A solid four. Yes! No, like real shit, when we got done watching this movie and I was like, oh, I cannot wait to talk about this. And you're like, mm, me too. I was so worried you are going to hate this movie. I thought I was. I honestly thought I was. But surprisingly, there's a very, it's a very charming film. I can actually recommend this to people to watch. Like, I by them, well, I won't say by themselves and not at night and not in the dark, but like <laughs> during the day, I can you can watch this. I would I would recommend like as far as like a horror movie that's fun. This to me is right up there with Gremlins and Blood Rage, for what we've done so far. Unabashed is a lot it's of unabashed. Just fun. So much fun. This movie was so much fun, and I fell in love with all the characters. Like, literally every ca- That's how you know the writing of this movie was good. I wouldn't say it was great, because, again, it does... It, it's, it's 2004. Well, and it's very stereotypical. It's films you've seen before. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's, it's queer. And I love that. Again, it being queer makes it unique for some reason. It's because we've never seen a movie be this openly gay back then 
it just never happened, or at least I don't. If if it has happened, please, for the love of God, let me know. And and I swear to God, if you put things in the comments that are like stereotypical bullshit, like that uh, Robin Williams movie where him and what's his name are gay, cannot think of the name of it. But I didn't like that movie. Talking um, about uh, wait, not too long. Is it too long, fool? No, Robin Williams, nineties. They're gay, but they have to pretend to be straight. For their child, I think it's their son. Not Robin Williams uh, dresses in drag to pretend to be a woman. Wait, that was Mrs. Doubtfire? No, Mrs. Doubtfire wasn't gay. Robin no. Williams was dressing in drag in Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Not Robin Williams is what I said. I don't know this movie at all. Good. It's very stereotypical gay. It's Hollywood gay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's not my This movie is great. <laughs> I love this movie. I love the characters. I, I'm not even joking when I say I would love a sequel, but it needs to be a low budget sequel. You feel like you, if it was anything else, you wouldn't enjoy it at all. At all, because I feel like if like if we make the if people make this movie blow up into a not just a cult classic, but just like a huge like just a classic in general, not just a cult classic, but a classic in general, and Hollywood gets word of it and tries to make a sequel, they will ruin everything and i don't want that so you know what i take it back i don't want a sequel leave this movie just the way it is leave it a four-star masterpiece and as i'm assuming that four stars is your final rating that is my final rating four fucking stars i loved it well solid four solid four and i guess there you have it that was the uh, 2004's hellbent yes sir it was um you can watch it on here tv yeah because never heard of it before you know, TV for the gays Woo. and all of that. So, is I can watch it for free, like we watch, like we did. So you can enjoy it for free, like we did, and just let us know what you think because Please. I am interested in seeing what you think of this movie, like stereotypes and all. So, if you hate it, I completely understand. If you like it, I can understand. So, of course, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Follow us on all of our social medias, whoa, including whoa, whoa, whoa. Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and giving me a reason to actually use those things again, because holy crap, I am bad at social media. I just want to put it out there. You skipped a whole thing. We got a thing before we get to that thing. We got two things before we get to that thing. I just wanted to put it out there that you I'm are, bad at social media. You are ruining our format. You took our format and went and just mismatched wherever you Not want to. Lie. Join us next week. As we Not even going to lie, though. Not even gonna lie though. This this whole prom month, I've been kind of I'm gonna say disappointed. But I I, I haven't it, hold on. I, I have I have I have things to say. Hey guys, this is us in the near future when my camera died. So Jay came unprepared. I did, but my camera decided to not to. No, you came unprepared. Be honest with the people, Jay. I didn't charge a battery like I thought I did. All right, we're just gonna we're just gonna run through this because I hate the way this looks. Uh, I hate the way this looks too, but you know what? It adds a little bit of character, and that's what we are—we're characters. So, tune in next time as we explore what movie again? The Hunger, directed by Tony Scott. I still don't know who Tony Scott is, so I'm going into this blind just as much as I think you are, right? No. This movie's great. 
Oh, you've seen it already. Yes, it has the the human-made aphrodisiac known as David Bowie. Human-made aphrodisiac. Yeah, I haven't seen this one, so I'm excited to see how this is going to go. So, So, join us next week as we will be watching that. Always, as always, <laughs> check out our other videos, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification, and yeah. I also did say follow us on social media, so I'll do that. Yeah, you already said all that shit. Oh, mm-hmm. and check us out because we do do podcasts on like Spotify, Apple, and all that other good shit. And on Letterboxd, we keep up with the Letterboxd the best. Because yes, I do. Heath, and Heath does an amazing job. I rock that shit rock that shit because that's the only thing he knows how to do yeah yes (laughs) (laughs) so until next time i have been heath and i've been jay and you've been listening to host of horrors yeah yeah see you guys